Hey there, Couch Potatoes. The Faceless Leon here with a friendly content warning. In this episode, we discuss Promising Young Woman, a film focusing primarily on sexual assault. We understand and respect if you're not in a place to listen to a discussion about this hard topic. If that is the case, we do think that you would enjoy the second part of our episode on Nomadland. If you skip to minute 24, second 38, that is where that section of the episode begins. Thank you very much. I love you. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes. I have had a doozy of a day. We're not filming this on International Women's Day, but happy International Women's Day, everybody. Happy International Women's Day. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. Right this minute, I'm only getting a couple words in from uh, uh, the Traveler, unfortunately. Uh, But I'm going to try my best to understand him as we try our best to understand women's perspective in this episode. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) As I said, as I said, guys, I'm having a doozy of a day. Crazy work day. Uh, Got out way later than normal. And I'm expecting a phone call from the boss any second to to continue the work day. So there might be a moment where I just have to like drop ship halfway through a monologue and and answer a phone call. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, now we're having now we're having technical issues too. Where it's like I was trying to do it on my computer, and now I'm on my phone, and who, who the fuck knows what could happen? Who knows, guys? Who knows? And who, who the fuck knows what could happen in these movies? No, I had no idea going forward with either. For Women's Day, we wanted to do a. Uh, Stay or go for two movies that you can go. You you can just go to theater for Promising Young Woman, correct? I believe so. Yes. Okay. They they got a wide release, but they it was released earlier to be able to stream at home, um, and that's how we did it. Obviously, because we have not been inoculated yet, and we do not recommend going to a theater without getting an inoculation. A green and faceless PSA. Um, you didn't, you, I didn't hear it. No, I'm sorry. Son of a bitch. Oh, uh, shit's on fire, guys. The other movie that we're doing, though, is Nomadland. So, you know, for Women's Day, we have female leads. And also, they're both written and directed by females, if I'm not correct. Uh, I, I believe so. They, there might have been a co-writer for one of them. Uh, the writers for Nomadland are Jessica Bruder and chloe joe jessica i believe wrote the book and oh, chloe okay. directed the movie uh, wrote and directed the movie maybe they did co-write it but yeah all all female writer and director teams uh i mean also i, I think we're going to talk promising young woman first but i do want to throw out there as we're talking about them chloe Zhao not only wrote and directed it she also edited and produced the whole thing <laughs> fuck yeah fuck yeah yeah I I'll, I'm gonna say up front that these are both pretty solid flicks. Oh yeah, I, easily. They, they, these are good. They entertain me far more than I imagined because I went into both of these without seeing a trailer or knowing literally anything about them. I I mean I knew a one word synopsis or not one word a one sentence synopsis of both stories, enough to intrigue me, 
but I had I had no idea what to expect going into these. So. No, I had I had no idea either. I, I had heard some buzz around both of them. Um, a lot of people saying that they are really surprised by Promising Young Woman, and then I just heard about all the Sundance buzz from uh, Nomadland. Yeah, not only Sundance, but also the Oscars too. Oh yeah. Uh, I do not think we mentioned that uh, Promising Young Woman was written and directed by Emerald Fennell. And produced by her as well. Somebody else edited it, so. (laughs) We're still not at a point in the industry's culture where that's a common thing for uh, a woman to write, direct, and produce the entirety Mm. of the film. And that's a shame, and... Hopefully we get more. I mean, especially from both these directors. I think they both did amazing jobs. Which, by the way, Chloe Zhao is uh, the director for Marvel's Eternals. I don't, I don't know if it's coming out this year or next year or when, but oh, I had not. I actually had not heard anything about that. Yeah, they're doing they're doing Eternals. I don't, I don't know anything about Marvel Universe. So, I I think you might have said something about Jeff Goldblum, but you cut out. And I don't know. I know I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm excited <laughs> for him if he's in it. <laughs> but uh, uh, getting back to promising young woman, let's get into that. I think it's also important to note that it was co-produced by Margot Robbie uh, through her her production company. So that's really exciting. I love me some Margot Robbie, and seeing her helm oh, yeah. some films is is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, helm uh, as in helm as in financially helm. <laughs> yeah, I I was surprised to hear that too. Uh, well, I, I guess see it in the in the credits. Yeah, yeah, I think that which was kind of weird because like when I started watching the movie, I was like, this would be a good role for Margot Robbie, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> a critic came out and was completely sexist to. Uh, Carrie Mulligan's performance because he was like, I feel like Carrie Mulligan's not pretty enough for this role. It should have just been played by Margot Robbie. Oh, well, that's bullshit because she did excellent. She was amazing. Yeah, right? Yeah, 100% bullshit. I, I just want to throw that out there. I do not agree with that man at all because Carrie Mulligan was fucking brilliant to watch. I really love oh, her performance. Yeah. She she did. Uh, she has some excellent choices. Um, and she is beautiful. Yeah, but what is, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what that even has to deal with, like, uh, because, like, the character that she puts on when she's in the bars is a person who is completely vulnerable and should not be put in a situation where they are asked for consent. They just shouldn't, they should just be, you know, left alone or helped. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but, but that's kind of a weird thing about this movie (laughs) yeah let's get into it because that's that's the synopsis is carrie mulligan plays cassandra a promising young woman who as you said she she acts like she is a vulnerable blackout drunk woman at a bar she she goes to bars and she just you know splays out on the couch and just drools and and in these guys pretending to be nice guys trying to help her that's that's one of my favorite things about this movie is the dissection of the the nice guy because you have actual nice guys and then you have guys who like to say that they're nice guys <laughs> which is yeah. like if you it's like i'm sorry if you have to go out of the way and keep reminding people that you're a nice guy you probably, probably are not a nice, nice guy yeah yeah <laughs> oh man i was really pissed at the first guy i was yeah at him the most because it seemed like he was standing up to his friends in this scene, 
which is a very right. smart scene on the part of the the director and writer but that just pissed me off so much that he acted like i'm gonna help her get home and then he yeah. takes her to his place like what a fucking asshole i mean yeah, they, all it, the men in this movie are fucking assholes but <laughs> it's 100 true and like emerald fennel the director Mm. lures you into with those scenes you know she always it's it's really good because you do see these guys and you're like well maybe they are a nice guy you know because as, as you said he defends himself to his friends you know he's just like shut up i'm gonna go help her like you guys are fucking sick yeah. and then he gets her into a cab and is immediately like hey uh cabby you wanna you wanna change the address to my address and uh yeah it's like what the fuck dude yeah the cab driver just like rolls his eyes and he's like that's disgusting but it's money so <laughs> yeah i know which like man is she gonna go yeah. take her little book to that guy too i mean she uh, should he definitely played a part in not helping her out yeah exactly i mean i don't know their policies i'm sure there might be like some kind of policy that's that'd true. be like you're fired if you do this but then there's a moral dilemma of do i really want to be a fucking taxi driver and drive rapists around or yeah. do I actually Jeez. want to stand up and be like, no, you sick fuck. I'm going to take her back to my apartment. We're both going to help her get to bed. And I'm going to take you back to your fucking apartment. <laughs> I, yeah, I really, I just hated all the, all the guys in this movie. I, and yeah, I what too. was really the problem is that I did fall in love with Bo Burnham. I did. Yeah. Cause he comes along. Yeah. And they start a be- they start what seems to be a kind of beautiful relationship yeah and it just kind of goes to show that you don't really know everything about you know the people you're with like i mean she she finally is after a horrific incident in her past uh cassandra has basically kind of walled herself off from the society and is acting sort of like a vigilante through these moments yeah which was kind of cool but also it was (laughs) it was fucking awesome i thought (laughs) i thought she didn't I think she didn't go far enough at times. I've, I've, there are some moments where I wanted more. Yeah, okay. I, I This might be a big spoiler. Just blip forward 10 seconds. Anyways, I thought she was killing him at the very beginning. I thought she was killing yeah. him. I was like, this is a completely well, different movie than what it is. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I don't think it's a spoiler because I was going to go there too. Because okay. uh, what, what she's doing is you know, she goes to these bars. She gets these nice guys to bring them back to their apartments. And then she reveals to them that she's completely sober. And the first scene cuts after that reveal. You don't know what she does to the guy. And you're like, is she killing them? Is she, like, what is she maiming them? You know, so you don't really know. And it's brilliant, in my opinion, because it builds the tension. And it it hooks you. It really hooks you. And she's like, she has a little booklet that she's tallying uh, names down. She, you know, she'll write down the guy's name and then she'll flip to the back and make a tally mark. And she always has different colors. I didn't know if you yeah. noticed that, but there's different color tally marks. So I'm wondering if she did kill a few of them. Because there are some that are like a red tally mark. And maybe that just meant that they were more violent. See, you know what? I did not think that was anything from on the prop master's side. Anything other than, well, you know what? People don't always find the same pen. I, that's what I thought from it, but you know what? That might, <laughs> but I think it's always better on the critic standpoint to see something, even if it's not something. <laughs> so I really like that idea that maybe she has a system. That's interesting. Because not every single one of them is also going to act like Christopher Mintz plus. He comes along as one of these nice guys <laughs> later in a little cameo role, and 
you know, when she reveals that she's sober to him, he just, you know, he panics. He's just yeah. like, oh, fuck, you know, and, and like his whole like his whole sense of his identity, I think, kind of shattered in that moment where he was just like, oh, fuck, who am I? And yeah, yeah, he's like, I, I want to be an artist, not a <laughs> sexual assaulter. It, which he is, 100%. Yes. And, yep. But he's like cowardly. He was an easy one because she was easily able to make him feel like shit and make him realize what he does to people. And, you know, maybe, maybe you know, some of these that you know she touched, maybe they've changed their ways or they'll go turn themselves into the police or come out and something. But I mean, I doubt it, but yeah, maybe, but then there's those little red marks. There's only a few red ones that I was just like, I'm thinking maybe they were the violent ones. Maybe she reveals she was sober and it became a fight and who knows? I, 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 I think it was just a nice fun detail that like just caught my eye, but that's, that's the thing about this, uh, to go back to what we were talking about before that is she's a vigilante now and she's closed herself yeah. off from the world. And then Bo Burnham enters her life, a kid from uh, college that she knew. Yeah. And I think it was med school. Yeah. And it was around the time of the big incident that changed her life, which I don't know if we should spoil, but we should definitely put a trigger warning before. Yeah. I actually was kind of going to suggest that we just put one at the top of the episode just because that's what the whole that's what the whole movie's about. It'd be too hard. Yeah. I just I, I think I think even without that being spoiled it is very obvious that this is a movie about sexual assault and i think yeah that you know that that a lot of people are because you know i mean we've we have friends who have suffered from sexual assault and or were drugged at parties or bars and had thankfully had their friends take them home so I just think we got to respect that that will trigger some people. So I think it's fair to just put it up up front. Yeah. But, you know, as a, as this vigilante walled off from the world, Bo, Benner, Bo Burnham enters her life and she finally finds somebody that she's willing to open up to, that she's willing to allow deeper into her life. Like the only person in her life right now are her parents, who she doesn't really have a connection with, and uh, Gail, her boss at her low-paying barista job. And Gail's played by Laverne Cox, who I fucking love. And she yeah. she's brilliant in this. Yeah, she's good. But my only problem is she's brilliant for the first half, and then they just kind of lose her character. Yeah, they don't use her very much in the second half. You're right. And it made me sad because she was so fucking funny. <laughs> like, I just yeah, love she's her. hilarious. She can be, yeah. I don't know if you said it, but Bo Burnham's character's name is Ryan. Oh, <laughs> his name wasn't Bo. It wasn't Bo. Are you sure he wasn't playing himself, Doctor Bo Burnham? <laughs> Doctor Bo Burnham. I should mention up front. I'm not a huge fan of Bo Burnham. I have nothing against him. I just I haven't really seen it much of his comedy and right. the bits I have. I've laughed at his comedy. I do enjoy it, but he he was never a comedian that I, I rushed out to watch his most recent sure. stand up act or something. Sure, I, I liked some of his uh, sillier songs. Um, oh, definitely. But anyhow, I I was honestly pleasantly surprised by his performance. He he did good. Yeah, he was pretty fun. But I mean, Carrie Mulligan's performance was just fucking oh, fantastic. She was yeah. a badass, really. I mean, <laughs> she definitely was. Where's her super suit? <laughs> right. Well, she doesn't need one. 
She doesn't need one. You're right. Yeah, it was fun to watch her just talk these guys down, just to, like yeah. make them feel like shit and like. Yeah, you should feel like shit. You fucking. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> definitely should. It's nasty. It was. Yeah, she did a great job, and I. I mean, honestly, like I. I do think she should get nominated, but. Me too. Who fucking knows? Who knows what the Oscars are gonna do this year? Uh, well, you know, from what I saw on, on the, uh, yeah, on the female actor side, that the both of these movies. I would honestly, oh. I'll straight up say yeah. it, that the they they killed it. Yeah, Frances McDormand for sure should yeah. get something amazing. But you know that's that's promising young woman. I I, I obviously I recommend it. I mean, there's more to talk about uh, specifically. About. One one thing that I really did like was there's a lot about the double standards. You know how women are treated and how men are protected, and there's this one scene at the. She was walking out of a bar or something with this this one guy when she met when she ran into Bo, mm-hmm. and you know this guy was just like you know he's like hell yeah you know drunk woman I'm gonna take her home and then Bo Bo recognized her and he was just like oops sorry she's yours my bad and it's just like yeah yeah I wow. didn't realize the woman was taken I think is what he said yeah yeah it's just gross as fuck. Um, yeah, it's just like which, that's that's all it took to stop him and be like, oh, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I did not realize that this enamored piece of <laughs> property was yours. Yeah, it was gross. Oh man, it was disgusting. But um, there's a lot and, of moments like that, and, and yeah, I think even Bo, <laughs> we keep on calling him Bo Ryan. I think even Ryan was like, hey man. I, it seems that she, you know, she can do what she wants, and if she wants to be with you, fuck it, that's fine. And he's like, "Hey man, yeah. I don't want to step on your toes." And it's, like, <laughs> and then you know, right. then she, then he realizes that she's sober, and he's like, "Oh, you're that crazy lady," and it's like, "Yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to be putting you in your place, dude. Obviously, if you're afraid of her, then you're not doing something right." Right, <laughs> you. That was that was one of the funny parts too. It was like her name became well, not her name, but like her her vigilantism yeah. uh, became popular. Like men were apparently talking about her in bars because it's just like, oh, there's this one lady who acts drunk, but she's not, and she might kill you or maim you or whatever. Yeah, and it's knows. just like, and yet you're still you're still going out there and doing this. I mean, I I understand that there's still criminals in Gotham and Batman's out there kicking ass, but what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, well, I mean, like in the first place, what a just a very disgusting thing to do. Like, I mean, obviously we know what's wrong with you there, but yeah, you're a fucking bastard. But there's a lot of uh, you know, the classic oh she's asking for it going on uh, throughout the movie from from the men and that's just like i i can't believe really that people are still stuck on that shit (laughs) i really can't like it is it is not like that person who is assaulting that person is out of control that person makes the decision to do that so that person never asked for it they never did they never will it doesn't matter how much or how little they're wearing they're not asking for it yeah asking for it is saying please come to my house and let's do things that's asking yeah. for it <laughs> and said when sober said when so yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can still be tipsy and sure. I think yeah, and be interested in as long as you are lucid. I think consent is okay. Like, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure that there are some guidelines out there that I have not read that somebody has very has thought very deeply on and that I would probably agree with upon reading. But I Yeah, my I where know. I go with it is if I'm with somebody who has had anything to drink, if they're clearly drunk, I'm not interested. But like let's say you just had like a glass of wine or two glasses, I'm not doing anything unless they initiate something. Sure. Yeah. And if it happens and I decide that that would be fun to happen that's the, <laughs> that's the point like you have to be able to make that conscious decision yeah that that you want to so that's just that's our psa there consent uh is is sexy and necessary agreed you know honestly i don't know if there's much more to talk about without giving yeah, too much away giving away shit yeah but i do want to say that we won't talk what happens at the end in regards to specific events. But the only thing that keeps this movie from getting four stars, in my opinion, is the ending. Hmm. Because while the message is well-delivered, I understand hmm. the message and I agree with it, that what Emerald Fennell, the director and writer, is trying to get across, I agree with what she's saying and I, hmm. I understand it. Ooh, it made me mad. Yeah. It made me real mad. There wasn't enough catharsis. Yeah, I don't I don't want to give it away, but it's just that's the only thing that keeps it from getting a four star rating for me because it is a three and a half star movie. That's why yeah. I give it. And brilliant acting, brilliant directing, uh, everything was hooking me. I was all on board. It's a good dark comedy, but you know, with with some really good intent behind it. It's just that ending. Oh, I wanted a more cinematic happy ending. <laughs> Or at least one letter. I am sure you said some great things, and I'm sure I'm going to repeat some of them. Uh, but I think <laughs> your closing statement was three and a half stars, right? Um, yes, sir. And I heard you say great acting, great directing, all that. And I heard you talk about the ending. And we talked a little bit about the ending before this. So what I did miss, I think I can fill in the blanks. You, I think you said that it made you angry. And I think for the fact that it made you angry... And that is the emotion that yeah. was intended by the director and writer to elicit. I, I think yeah. that that is why it's a great movie. And I think that people really should mo- see this. I think this should be required viewing for boys between the age of 15 and 18. Um, <laughs> they should watch it every year. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, so. no, no. Um, I, I, I do actually think just, just like you need to have consent, you know, in the bedroom, you should consent to watch this movie because it, I'm sure it is triggering for a lot of people. In fact, yeah, there are some, there were some moments where it shook me a little bit, um, especially toward the end. It was a very good movie. Very, I, I would say it's important. The message is important. That's that. And I was joking. Obviously, we shouldn't force our children to watch these <laughs> this movie. But I do think that we need better education for our younger people, so that this doesn't happen once they leave the home and have no parental or mentor structure around them. They're just you know yeah thrown into the into the sea. 
They need to know it's wrong. Uh, full face movie. I didn't say that. Full face movie. And it's like you're you're right. That is her. In, that is uh, Emerald Fennel's intention to leave you with that anger, and and I get it. But God. you're still angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm still angry about it. It still pisses me off. It, it's been it's been like a week and a half since I've watched this, and like I've gone to work and I've complained to the women who've seen it that I work with. I'm like, have you seen this movie? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, God, it was fucking great, right? And they're like, yeah, of course. And I was like. The fucking ending pissed me off. I wanted her to have more. I did. I wanted her to have more too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not. It's not a spoiler to say that I just wanted at least one fucking letter. That's all I'll yes. say. Yes, one just fucking one letter. This one letter. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Carve a little vengeance. Okay. Yeah, I think that we Ooh. can move on with that, though. I think. I think it was worth the the twenty dollars to watch it at home. Yeah. If you're if you're able to go to the theater, you know, go see it there because I mean, obviously, the twenty dollars you'll spend there, you get that experience. I still can't watch it again unless I pay another twenty dollars. So, <laughs> go to the theater if you're able to. But there's plague out there, so if you want to watch this movie, it is worth it. I'm sure it will be streamable sometime eventually if you don't want to. But give it your money; it's worth it. Definitely. Let's move on to A New Madland, which was available on, was it Hulu? Yes, Hulu. Okay, Hulu. A neo-Western drama. Ooh, isn't that exciting? Put neo in front of it, it gets really exciting. That's how they do it. (laughs) As you said, it was uh, based on a novel, Nomadland, Surviving America in the 21st Century, by Jessica Bruder. And it stars Frances McDormand. And real life nomads, yeah. the people who who were part of the van life. Um, it's about you know in the late two thousands there was the Great Recession and people basically lost everything. Specifically, Frances McDormand's character. I don't know if I wrote her name down. Fern. Fern. Which Thank I mean you. could be a nickname for Frances. Yeah, uh, honestly. Because I mean they David. Uh, Strawthrain, I think that's how you say his name. I could be wrong, but I really like him. He, he, but his his name is Dave in this, and you know everybody else had to, got to keep their own name because they're yeah. playing themselves. So maybe that's something they did. Slightly fictionalized versions of themselves, but the yeah. uh, the real yeah. life nomads are Linda May, Swanky, and Bob Wells, and Bob Wells is the uh, character that kind of draws. Francis McDormand uh, Fern into this. Yeah, um, he, she sees she sees a video of the van life. Uh, w- what specifically happened to her was her entire like city was basically removed from the map, right? Like her her zip code was just yeah yeah gone. It was, so she had nothing. That that's kind of crazy. Like so, it, it was a town based around a um, slate rock. Uh, factory something like that or yeah a quarry or something <laughs> and uh after 88 years of business they very suddenly shut down and it just destroyed the town's economy and people like fled like an exodus and then like you said that zip code just was gone yeah and she and her husband i believe both worked there and yeah, everybody's story in this is just a sob story. That's the that's the yeah. that's kind of a, a a slightly funny, slightly not so funny scene where they're all sitting around a fire and like telling each other their stories. 
And it's funny in the regards that, you know, they'll say something and they'll say it so lightly and casually because, you know, it's just their life. They're just used to it. And they, they found, they found a way to look back on it as like a, Oh, I remember those days, you know, like, ha ha. And, but, but then you also get to hear the, the more realistic harshness of their lives where they lost loved ones or, you know, lost all their possessions except for their van. And so now they're just souping up their van and making it look nice and driving around, you know, sightseeing, just seeing the seeing the yeah. American Western all year countryside. Long. And it's, you know, it's it's beautiful. It's sad, melodramatic, yeah. and but very real. Like these yeah. people are very real. Hell, that's one thing I I wanted to mention is that Francis is so good at just playing a natural human being. Yeah. Like it is uncanny because you know you're not really every every performance has a little bit of gloss on it, right? So like yeah. people get pretty fucking close sometimes, or or they'll have a performance that draws you in so much that you forget that it's not real life. But yeah. there are moments where I'm like, that is just her playing. That's just her being Francis. That's fucking awesome. Uh, especially when her and Dave are at the 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 zoo with the crocodiles oh god yeah <laughs> that scene is awesome i love it well it literally just feels like a a low-key documentary you know it's it's not there's no there's no true story throughout the entirety of this movie it's just a bunch of important moments in her life yeah and yeah it's a journey, though. Yeah, it's, it, exactly. It's just a journey. And that's kind of the beauty of it is it feels so real, so documentary-like because of how Frances McDormand just acts. Yeah. She's so – she's just so subtle. Just – it's brilliant. That, Like, as I said, like, I, I loved I loved uh, Carrie Mulligan, but – if if she's up against Frances McDormand in the Oscars, I'm thinking Frances walks away with the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. If they both is... get nominated, which I hope they do because they both deserve it, I do. I think I agree with you that Frances would walk away with it. But I also don't know if the Academy would want to give Promising Young Woman awards because I don't know. They just that seems like something they would snub. Too too yeah. progressive. <laughs> <laughs> It's too touchy of a topic. We don't want to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made me feel bad watching it. The, the white boys, the white boys on the board are uh, they're feeling a little iffy about their own personalities right they're now. Feeling called they out. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> they're feeling attacked. They don't like being victimized. Fuck. All right. <clears throat> fuck us, white men. We suck. Well, yeah. Fuck us. But, but go you on. go ahead. All right, I'll go. <laughs> um, so, like you said, all the other actors besides her and Dave are nomads, and yeah. it's kind of cool. I think somebody says it in the, somebody says it in the film this way that there are oh, it's her sister. It's uh, Francis's sister. Actually, they might be um, actors too now. I yeah, think about it. yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm sure um, they are. But. <clears throat> Her sister says, I think what Fran, what Fern is doing is part of the American tradition because it's very similar to what the pioneers were doing, except for they just have gasoline. She didn't say that yeah. part. That part I made up, the gasoline part. <laughs> <laughs> 
They just have vans. Yeah, they had caravans, not vans. Yeah, and something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I really like how like they kind of focused like it wasn't like super focused on but they had a couple of scenes where they were showing off like what they did to their van to like make it more livable and that was a lot of fun like we saw it you saw it inspire fern inspire her yeah yeah Yeah. she would she would watch all these people soup up their vans and she's like i kind of want to do that i think i can do that on my van yeah and i loved how how she but she had like and it was all like custom done stuff, stuff that she'd either done herself or found somebody to do for her. And so there's like this cutting, like it looked like it, it might've been a cutting board at one time that she turned into a cabinet that folded down and then it gave her extra counter space. But it was also where she kept her, like her very precious dishes that her father gave her dishes, which Dave just fucking dashes on the ground fucking like an asshole. Dave. But Dave is so nice. Dave really yeah. is a nice guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you well, hope. Yeah, you, you hope. But he also, I guess his backstory is that he didn't really stick around to raise his son. But like his journey kind of changes to where he stops being a nomad and he sticks in one place so that he could be there for his, uh, his son's kid. Which yeah, it's a nice story. It's really touching. Yeah, and yeah. and and Fran's involvement in that story is great. Like yeah, how how she is involved. I don't want to give too much away, but how she is involved in that story kind of just makes you you tear up a bit. You know, yeah. it's just so so real how her emotions affect things. I mean, that's the that's the thing is like you hear all the other nomad stories, and I mean, of course, Fran Fern tells her stories too, but but we only really see story we're only really attached to it so yeah. it's like you hear everybody else's sad stories but then you also see how how they're all still affecting each other how their stories still aren't over even though they're like you know just wandering nomads even though they've lost right. everything they're still helping each other and it's just it's it's beautiful yeah i think like there's a lot to take away from this movie like how we view our lives and stuff so there's a lot of things that that bob character was saying that i was like i totally agree man <laughs> like with the, <laughs> uh we we accept the yoke of the dollar because we know i don't remember exactly what he said but it, it was it was beautiful and i was like man that is just exactly how i feel about our economy right now it touched your heart it touched me i i but though i i really like my playstation and uh my right. tv and not that you can't get that stuff to work out on the road but <laughs> yeah i'm okay i'll stick around yeah here um but it does seem like a fantastic adventure yeah but it does it it does draw into question that you know that love that need we have for these these objects in our lives you know it's like these people have nothing except their van or or like precious materials like her her father's dishware you know it's 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 just a very good insight into how we treat like the lower class right. of people in our society and really I don't know. It's just it, it's it's such a very unconventional movie that I'm surprised how much I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that sentiment. Um, I and what you were saying about like at one point, 
Francis gets called homeless and she said, no, I'm houseless. My home's in the parking lot. She didn't say that part. (laughs) 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 But, uh, rewriting. I did like that. And it did kind of change my perspective a little bit on, on what it means to be homelessness. And like, you know, the, the people that I sometimes pass in the street and that are, you know, asking for help. There's a story there for each one of them. There's a different story yeah. there. They're real human beings. And I shouldn't pass them on the street so lightly. I don't know. It's it's hard to talk about film because there's not much. A long time ago, we used the term, uh, the phrase, the meat and potatoes. Uh-huh. There's so very there's so very few meat and potatoes in this film. It's just it's just moments. It's just small events, uh, one after the next. There's no I mean there is a there is a somewhat of a storyline. You know there is some growth of the character, but it's right. not really it's not really growth. It's just you know, just passing. You know it's just passing yeah, time. Just passing and through. It's it's all it's like a it's like a lateral evolution so i feel like at the beginning of the movie she was she was still she was already doing the van life thing she was already doing that but it was a plain ass van with so very few accommodations right and she didn't know the life she didn't you know she didn't carry spare tires and everything so right right there's a lot of mistakes francis makes throughout the film and those those do come into play a lot with the different things that happen i i appreciated that like she's still learning how to to live this way and linda may i think that's her name linda may her her best friend who she meets on the road sometimes uh invites her to go to nomad land or whatever i'm not sure what they actually call it in the book or the movie but the place where they all gather it's like a festival really where bob does some speaking and they have other speakers and stuff but it's when she gets there like she starts looking at the van life situation differently like, I think she was doing it, like, she liked it to an extent, but I think at the beginning she was doing it out of necessity, and then she starts more and more d- realizing that this is a choice, that this is the life that she does want. Like, yeah. that that she feels more connected to the world around her because of the way that she lives. And I think that that's really interesting. Yeah, I took it more like also that she was uh, just kind of accepted it. She wasn't gonna let it drag her down. She wasn't gonna let right. it keep her, keep her from dreaming big again. You know, from from just enjoying nature, from enjoying the sights that she's seeing. Right. So it's just like, yeah, what I took away from it, and, and I mean, I'm not saying that because what you were saying is correct too, but like where I focused more on was the just the overcoming of the the depression that could hit you right all the stuff that's happened to her and you know obviously there are moments where she is sad where she is depressed but she always just kind of you know she she always she she goes to a a, a little a pond like a little a river in the woods and she you know she gets naked and just dips in the in the river there and she's listening to all the sounds and enjoying it or you know she's sitting around the campfires with everybody and laughing about their lives like she always finds something to lift her out of the depression. So even when she has none of these valuable objects in her life, it's really just empowering to watch her just continue to just right. go on. 
like you talked about the plates earlier like yeah after they broke and she spent more time with dave she didn't miss the plates well she was able to glue them back together too (laughs) Uh, and she did yeah that's right she did glue them back together (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like no harm no foul they just have some cracks in them now yeah gives them gives them more more of a a life a story you know yeah 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 scars are stories yeah uh there's uh my my wife actually i don't remember the the words but she has tattooed in in japanese and it says to repair with gold where they take pottery and repair it with um gold solder and they believe that it makes the the vase or bowl more beautiful it's beautiful i like it but i didn't come up with it but thanks (laughs) (laughs) thank you but I don't know. I don't know if there's much more to talk about with Nomadland. I mean, obviously we loved, you know, it's it's tradition on this show that if we love the movie, we're not gonna we'll gush about it, but we're not gonna, yeah, we're spend not gonna half an it. hour. Yeah. yeah, we only we only talk on and on if we have to bitch because we're white men. That's what we do. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, yes. if we if we if we want to bitch, we're gonna do it for forty minutes, and you're gonna get really tired. You're gonna get tired of hearing it. But if we have something good in our lives. Yeah, it's great. That's fine. Yeah, we like it. Beautiful. Yeah, we like it. We're moving on. Next movie. <laughs> Nomadland. Four stars. Easily. Go out and see it, but be prepared that, it, again, it's not a conventional movie. It's not a storyline that's going to hook you. It's a bunch of moments in somebody's life throughout the course yeah. of like a year or two. So, you know, don't don't go in expecting a movie. Just go in and expecting an experience, I guess. Because it is it is something to watch. It's very... Specifically, Francis McDormand's performance is very enjoyable, as as well as uh, Chloe Zhao's just entire effort and like all everything that she did is great. Like the editing, I don't know. Again, it, it felt like a, a just a low key documentary, and I fucking loved it. Go see it, check it out. Yeah. Also, uh, Francis McDormand's performance, as we've already said, was so good. But the nomads themselves, like, were like, she just feels like a nomad. We don't even act feel like she's an actor. Like, Fuck she just yeah. seems like one of us. Fuck like, yeah. Maybe that was why she could play the role so well, is because she just had to go in there and be a person with these people. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it's good. You guys got to see it. I, I give it a full face. Um, I really enjoyed this movie bordering on a face and a half i'm not quite sure if it's up there or not like i said there's not i think the reason why i'm not putting up there is because there's not really that traditional story arc that you're always looking for when you're watching a movie it does kind of feel more like a documentary about what francis is doing with her life and i love it i guess fern is the character's name (laughs) right she just she is the role. <laughs> she is the role. And I think, I, I do feel like that her and Dave are both just playing themselves. I really did feel that way. Right. Um, her more so, obviously. Her, I, I, I thought he well, was a very... great supporting cast. I doubt that he'd get nominated for this performance, though. As much yeah. as I love him. But, I mean, it just it just reminds me of how much I love Frances McDormand. Because, like, everything I've seen her in, she's brilliant. You know, Fargo. Yeah. And then uh, was that one uh, with the Coen brothers, or not the Coen brothers? The uh, Coen brothers with Fargo. Oh, three billboards. That's all I got. Oh, that movie was awesome. 
<laughs> right, right. I forgot just, about that movie. Uh, she's so brilliant in that too. Oh man, I forgot everything about it, but now, but just mentioning the name, I was right. like, man, who directed that? that? Man, I don't I, remember though I, what it was about. I think it was the Seven Psychopaths director, right? Yes, it was. Okay, three. I can't remember his three name. billboards out of something Ohio, Ebbing, Missouri. Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's good in that. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, well. Someday, know, someday we'll take a road trip from uh, something someday Ohio we'll do to. That and maybe second, as, uh, the Seven Psychopaths. Maybe try to find three from that guy. That'd be cool. Because I like yeah. Seven oh, Psychopaths, I... too. But not as much yeah, as I don't, that movie. I've, movie but... I've actually never seen it. Oh, you no. Seen Seven Psychopaths? No. It's interesting. I don't know if it's like the best movie in the world by any means, but and it's yeah. been a while since I watched it. But I think that's our show, buddy. Yeah. We oh, we, we we haven't even actually chosen a winner. No, we did. Of our. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, it's it's got to be Nomadland. I really loved Promising Young Woman, but I don't know. Chloe Zhao just hooked me with this movie. Like I was just just a gape yeah. stare like just fixated on the screen the whole time I'm just like what yeah, is there this <laughs> there wasn't anything i wanted to do while i was watching it either um right i don't think i don't think that happened during promising young woman either i think both directors did an excellent job of engaging their audience for sure i think uh i'm gonna go ahead and say that i agree with you even though i am so, i really am pretty torn um but yeah. I think, all in all, I enjoyed the experience of Nomadland just a touch more than Promising Young Woman, especially because of the harrowing moments in, in Promising Young Woman. But yeah. films, especially with messages like that, need moments like that for yeah, it to definitely. have impact. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, it definitely, it definitely had its impact. Like yeah. I'm still I'm still thinking on it more than I've been thinking on other films we've watched recently. So I'm just like yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, it hit me. It did. It did. Uh, I, I but I recommend highly both of these movies. And I'm super. I mean, I've already said it, but I'm super excited to see Chloe Zhao uh, yeah. continue on. I mean, also Emerald Fennel. Fennel, yeah. uh, she's great too. But Chloe Zhao doing the Marvels Eternals like I'm, I'm excited to see what she brings to the table for a superhero film that's gonna be interesting especially if the Eternals is about them like trouncing across the universe and <laughs> right <laughs> just having misadventures uh, that'd be great yeah it's just it's just nomad land but just with like <laughs> big budget Marvel sci-fi wackiness yeah. hell yeah that'd be good that'd be good with that it's, happy international women's day yes happy international women's day um sorry I no it's interrupted okay. your joke i was just imagining Goldblum like reacting the same way that francis did to the alligators oh my god <laughs> uh i guess you'd have to see that movie to see this movie and know the eternals no you just need to know jeff Goldblum to to understand that joke. um yeah. all right <clears throat> I explained the humor and now it's gone. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks19. If you want to learn more information about us, check us out on Facebook. You can also check out the Facebook and Instagram accounts of FictionWorks19. 
Don't forget to like, follow, comment, or subscribe wherever you catch the show. Thank you all very much for listening.